Hello, I'm Dave, and welcome to Stand Up Tragedy Presents. These are some special episodes of the Stand Up Tragedy podcast where we bring to you some full-length shows, some hour-long shows which we've recorded at some of our Stand Up Tragedy Presents events. The next Stand Up Tragedy Presents will be on the 18th of February at the Dog Star in Brixton and it's going to be my solo show, What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity followed by Jambi McGrath's solo show, A Last Dance with my father the doors open at 7 30 and it's pay what you think the shows are worth over the next six to eight weeks every fortnight we're going to be putting out a different stand-up tragedy presents episode all of the shows focus on complicated seldom talked about issues around identity and around the world that we live in first up we have Matilda Gregory with her show, How To Be Fat. And this show was recorded in the run-up to Edinburgh 2015. It was a preview show. And so because it was a preview show, this show is not finished yet. So keep that in mind. Also, the show involves slides and visual elements. And I've edited some of them out, but there is some reference to those things that you can't see. You had to be there in the room to see it. But that should give you even more reason to try and see this show when it's next around. For more information about Matilda and the shows that she makes, go over to matilda.wordpress.com. Stand Up Tragedy tries to make you cry until you laugh and laugh until you cry and create a safe space to talk about unsafe things. And the unsafe things that are going to be dealt with in this show include being a person with a fat body, there's references to eating disorders and mental health issues and there's discussion of weighing and dieting. So if those are kind of things that you don't want to hear about today, don't listen on. Everybody else... It's my delight to bring you this amazing comedy storytelling show. I've got some instructions for you to best experience the show. What I would like you to do is, everyone who's fat, I'd like you to all sit on the left. And anyone else, you can just sit wherever you want. And... This is so you can get sort of like what I'm thinking is like the experience of kind of being in Topshop. Whereas, you know, if you, if you go into Topshop or like whatever the man... What's the men's Topshop? Top mat, top mat, of course. Top mat. If you're not fat, you can go anywhere in the shop. If you're fat, just the shoe bit. So that's what I'd like you to do, obviously... Um, you're clearly not going to do it at all. Which is, which, is, which, is, which is fine, because, you know, you may not want to start asking yourselves those questions about whether or not you're fat right now. Um, I'm fat. I don't know if you've noticed. But the thing about it is, you can tell by looking at me. And... Um, I do this show, and the show is about how fat I am. And part of the show involves you as an audience agreeing with me that I'm fat. I don't think that's this a particularly hard thing for you to do. Some people 
they don't really like that. Um, some, sometimes I do this show and yeah, come on stage and I like go, you know, hello, I'm fat. After the show, people come up to me and they kind of go like, they go, oh, oh, no, you're, you're not. No, you're not fat. And the thing is, I know that I'm fat. So it's a bit hard for me to know how to react to that. Because, like, I know I'm fat. And the reason that I know I'm fat is because I literally live inside this all the time. I know what this thing I am in is like. I'm not going to see a photograph of myself and be surprised that I've got an arse. I mean, the same way you're not going to be... I don't know, you wouldn't be surprised if you saw a photograph of your house and were surprised that it had an upstairs. I know what the thing that I live in is like. But these people, they come up to me and they say I'm not fat. And I know, I know that they mean to be nice. I know it's meant to be nice. I mean, okay, they, they are always men that do it. Um, so, slight crossover. Um, <laughs> there is kind of an element of like, you know, hello, I'm from the patriarchy. I don't know if you thought you were going to assess your own body. That's our job. <laughs> and we're here to tell you that you're not fat. Well done. But also, there's this other thing. When, when you know that you're fat and people tell you that you're not fat... There's this kind of element to what they're saying there, which is a bit like them saying, this thing that you are, that you know you are, and that I know that you are, because I can literally see you, this thing that you are is so horrifying that we're going to all have to pretend it's not happening in order to just continue as people. And that is the kind of sentiment I find quite hard to react to with, oh, thank you very much. I just don't, I don't know, I just don't feel that grateful for that. But I do, you know, I'm, I'm fat, and I know I'm fat, and I also know that everyone around me knows I'm fat and can see I'm fat. But I also know that we must never acknowledge that in any conversation ever. Because you can't tell fat people that you know they're fat. Well, you can only in very particular circumstances. You can, you can tell fat people that they're fat if you're, if you're shouting it to them out of a speeding van. Um, you, can, you can tell a fat person that they're fat if you're traumatising a child for their own good. Or the other time you can tell a fat person that they're fat is if you're a medical doctor and you're denying someone the health care that they, that they actually need. Those are the three times that you can do it. No other times. You can't tell fat people that they're fat. And if you are fat, people don't really like it if you say that you're fat. Fat people can't say they're fat. Um, thin people can say they're fat. Thin people, they can say that they're fat. Thin people can say, oh, I'm so fat. 
And then everyone around them gets to say, oh, no, 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 you're not fat. And that's fun for everyone. (laughs) Especially fat people. We love that. We love it when you do that when we're there. When you can literally see us. It's great. It's thin people can tell you that they're fat. And then if you're really lucky, after you've told them that they're not fat, they can then tell you at length all the things that they do in order to not be fat. You know, like, they can say, oh, you know, I only eat salmon. (laughs) Or walls. Or I only eat when I'm in a war zone. No, it's great because you can, when you're in a war zone, you can eat whatever you like. When you're not in a war zone, you fast. It's brilliant. I mean, sometimes it goes a bit wrong because you'll find that when you're in a war zone, um, you overeat. Because surprisingly, fasting makes you really hungry. And then you end up sort of eating the same amount of food that you would have eaten anyway, but in a really inconvenient, contrived, and annoying way. But it's not a flawed diet, it's great. Just, you know, just iron it out. Just, you know, don't go crazy. You know, just get used to the idea that you can't eat unless you're in a war zone. But when you're in a war zone, you can eat whatever you like, but don't go crazy. That's, that's the rules of that. And these people will explain to you at great length all the things they do in order to not be fat, all the things that they love to do in order to not be fat. Like, you know, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I poke myself in the eye And I hate it, but what's the alternative? They will say to you, being able to see your body, what's the alternative, they will say. And you'll be there. What's the alternative? What could it possibly be? What could the alternative... I don't know, what is the alternative? And of course, you can't actually say that the alternative is your body because that would involve a fat person actually acknowledging that they're fat and that can never happen. The thing about thin people telling you all the things they do in order to not be fat... It's really difficult sometimes not to hear a sort of hidden message in what they're saying. When they're saying, you know, listen, hi, here are all the things I do in order to not be fat. Perhaps you'd like to listen to me telling them to you, fat person. Perhaps you'd like to hear all the things I do in order to not be fat. Here's a list of them. Here's what I'm doing in order to not be fat. Perhaps you could listen to them. Perhaps you could maybe listen to some of the things that a person can do in order to not be fat. Do you know what they are? Do you know what the things are that a person can do in order to not be fat? Because you're so fat, you probably don't actually know. So I'm telling you them now in the hope that maybe you would maybe do... Could you just do them? Could you just do the thing? Could you just stop being so fat where I can see? Could you just stop being so fucking fat? I may have internalised a few things. (laughs) Because that's what fat people do. Um, But if you are fat, there's basically two things you can do about being fat. The first thing you can do stop being fat. The second thing you can do is you can be okay about being fat. Although there is kind of like a third thing that you can do, the sort of third thing that you can do where you can kind of not exactly be okay, but like want to be healthy. But curves are great. That was in a soap advert. 
And so I'm just going to not eat carbs after five. But I mean, I love my body, but you know, summer's coming. I just want to feel great. But I love my body, but I'm just trying to not eat carbs after five. And it is feminist to like care about what you look like. And it's absolutely fine. And that's what I'm going to do. But I mean, I love my body and I like to be healthy and diabetes for some reason. And I'm just trying my best. I'm just trying my best. I'm just trying. And I'm failing at both these things because they contradict each other. It's actually impossible to do both these things at once. But I'm trying. I'm trying my best, but it's both failing. I'm just, I'm so stupid and awful and and everything's terrible and I'm fucking such an idiot and I'm also still fucking fat. And although that sounds like a terrible option, actually the most popular. (laughs) So those are the things you can do. Um, Obviously the first one, stop being fat, lose weight by dieting. There's only one problem with this, which is that you can't lose weight from dieting. I mean, we all know the statistics, right? You can't lose weight from dieting. If you go on a diet, even if you manage to lose weight, 95% of the people who've lost weight through dieting will regain the weight within five years or so. And the people who do keep the weight off, they have normally only lost a very small amount of weight in the first place. So they're probably people who maybe like cut off one of their fingers in a kitchen accident. (laughs) Or, you know, people who had a big haircut. They keep the weight off. Everyone else, you can't, you can't lose weight by dieting. You can't. We know, we know that you can't lose weight by dieting. Everyone knows this. Babies are born with that information in their DNA. You can't lose weight by dieting. You know, aliens from planets with no gravity would tell you you can't lose weight by dieting. Um, you may be able to lose weight from something called a lifestyle change. No one knows what that is. And the more I think about it, the more I think a lifestyle change might just mean being dead. (laughs) But you can't, you know. But the thing is, the very complicated thing about losing weight by dieting is it's really simple. All you have to do is eat a bit less and move a bit more. That's all you have to do. It's like calories in, calories out. Technically, that is bulimia. (laughs) But it's... It's simple. I mean, it's, it's a very odd thing because it's so simple, it's just basic physics, and it's also statistically impossible. Which means that if you can't do it, and you can't because it's impossible, because it's so simple, you're actually stupid. And I thought this was quite an odd situation. So what I decided to do was I decided to investigate the science Um, I went to speak to, like, a science man. I mean, he was a real science man, and he spoke to me for, like, you know, five minutes in a cafe. But um, he was very busy. That was all he could spare, because he's obviously, like... There's a lot of funding goes into, like, stopping fat people being fat. There's a lot of money to stop fat people being fat. I said to Kevin, Kevin's the name of the science guy. I said, well, Kevin, you know, you, you, you get all this money to find out how to stop people, fat people being fat. Can dieting stop fat people being fat? And Kevin said, we, we don't know. And I said, oh. I said, what, what, what do you know? And he said, well. He said, there's a thing called leptin. Leptin is a hormone Um, it's a hormone, it's made by your body fat. So the more fat that you have, the more leptin that you have in your body. And leptin stops you feeling hungry. 
Can you imagine the joy when they discovered leptin? They were so excited. They were like, we found it. It stops fat people getting fat. Why isn't it working? Because it's clearly not working. And the thing is, what they then discovered was that leptin... Leptin's a bit like... Leptin's a bit like the kind of annoying voices of your children going on and on at you when you're writing a show about how fat you are. You just kind of tune that out. Um, ironically, they were mainly asking me to like make them some food. So I said to Kevin, can leptin stop fat people being fat? And Kevin said, we don't know. And I said, well, do you know anything else? And he said, well... There's a thing called ghrelin. Ghrelin's made in your stomach, makes you feel hungry. That's it. And I said, oh, can, um, can ghrelin stop fat people being fat? And Kevin said, we, we, don't, we don't know. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because Kevin is a scientist who is paid to find out about fat people and whether or not fat people can stop being fat. And he is quite clear that he doesn't know how to stop fat people being fat. It's interesting because quite a lot of people who aren't being paid by the government to stop fat people being fat do seem to know. I don't know why Kevin doesn't ask those people. But clearly, he doesn't. But he did say this to me. Kevin said to me, he said, everyone has a breathing rate. Everyone has a rate that you naturally breathe at. You have a rate, a natural rate, that you suck oxygen into your face, and it's unique to you. But you never, ever think about it because it doesn't affect what you look like, so you don't give a shit. But you've all got one. And you've probably been breathing at your natural breathing rate all day, up until the point when I mentioned it. And if you wanted to, you could breathe faster, or you could breathe slower. But it would mean attending to your breathing rate all the time. And that, Kevin said, that's what food's like. You can change the amount of food that you eat and you can change how fat you are if you're willing to pay attention to it all the time. And I said, oh. <laughs> so can, can breathing stop fat people being fat? And Kevin said, I have to get back to work now. <laughs> because of that, I, I have decided to do something else. What I've decided to do is, um, is this. I'm okay with my fat body. And you know I'm okay with my fat body, right? You know that. Okay? Are you clear that I'm okay with my fat body? I can prove it to you. I'm okay. I came on stage and I told you I was fat. Would a person who wasn't okay with their fat body do that? No, they would not. I am okay with my fat body. I have made a show about how fat I am. Would a person who wasn't okay about their fat body do that? No, they would not. I am okay about my fat body. I've got a slide. <laughs> would a person who wasn't okay about their fat body have a slide saying that they were okay about their fat body? No, they would not. I am okay about my fat body. This is how okay I am about my fat body. I'm going to have a guess my weight competition. You are all taking part. You are going to guess what I weigh. Now... There's a couple of reasons why I want to do this. Partly because I think it's upsetting. Um, and partly because fat people don't talk about being fat. Fat people really don't talk about what they weigh. Fat people don't talk about what they weigh. I think a lot of people don't really know what a fat person weighs. They just have no idea what a fat person weighs. And I said to um, David, the director of my show, I said, I'm going to do a guess, guess my weight competition in the show. And he said, you know, why, why are you doing that? Because that's what directors do. They say that. They say, why are you doing that? 
stand more to the left. Don't stand in front of the screen. That's what they do. Um, and uh, now, the thing about David is, he's a very, very fat man. He's not here tonight. You wouldn't be able to miss him if he was. He's a very, very fat man. And what he said to me was, if you think that people don't know what fat people weigh, what do I weigh? And I looked at David. He's a fat man. I said, I don't know. 22 stone? He's now a really angry man. (laughs) And possibly not directing this show. Um, But he has asked me to say that David, the ex-director of this show, does not weigh 22 stone, apparently. So you too can have a taste of the kind of awkwardness of that interaction by taking part in my Guess My Weight competition. So it's like Guess the Weight of the Cake, you know, that you would have a fate. But obviously the prize is not the cake, the prize is me. This is a less good prize than a cake. If you don't think that is true, you really don't value cake correctly. And also you have a really weird need to own a fat middle-aged woman. Um, But basically, I mean, no, it's not a good prize. I am very expensive to run. I eat a lot of cake for a start. In fact, winning me is the exact opposite of winning a cake because I will consume any cake that you already have. Um, But I've got some... Hang on, I've I've got some pens and things... Just write down what you think I weigh. Ideally, if you can write it in, like, stone and pounds. If you really want to, you can write it in kilograms, but you won't win the competition. Um, So you could do that as a kind of safety device if you really don't want to win the competition. But obviously, you know, priorities are important. I'll let you work that out for yourself. And then at the end of the show, we'll weigh me, and we'll see who's won. And that person will then be legally and financially responsible for me until I do this show again. That's how it works. Actually, does anyone know what they weigh? Does anyone here know roughly what they weigh right now? Does anyone here have, like, no idea what they weigh at all? And if you've got no idea, is that because you, like, politically have decided not to weigh yourself? Or is it just you can't be bothered to weigh yourself? For me, it's both. I do both of those at once. Does anyone know what their BMI is? Sometimes people boo when I say BMI. Um, and that's fair enough, because like, at least weight, you know, the kind of like, actual physical mass of the thing that you are is a real thing. But um, BMI is just like made-up space science, I think. I don't even know what it is. I don't think anyone knows what it is. I mean, if anyone would know what it is, it's surely me. I'm doing a show about how fat I am. I don't know what BMI is. Um, I think, if I was going to guess, I think it's something like your weight plus your height. Take away your self-esteem... No, obviously self-esteem's not involved. Um, I think a good BMI to have is probably about two. And, like, my BMI, I think, is about 7,000. That means if you look at me, you get type 2 diabetes. I'm like a fat Medusa. No, that's true, though, actually. You can... Apparently, fat people can make other people fat just by being fat near them. Um, I don't know how. I'm not going to give you any of my fucking food. What I am going to do, though, I'm going to show you my food. Um, I've been doing this thing. Um, I Instagram everything I eat. It's quite a weird thing to do, to Instagram everything that you eat. Kind of the interesting thing about doing it is because I thought that it's kind of mysterious what fat people eat. Because, like, that's how you get fat. So, 
I think people must think that I must eat something terrible and tragic and wrong and disgusting. But I just eat food. It's just, it's just boring, normal food. When I started Instagramming everything that I eat, a lot of people said this would be like my worst nightmare would be to let someone know everything that I ate. But um, it's actually just really tedious because sometimes before you can eat anything, you have to find your phone. And, but I did, I, and I took it really seriously. I, I, I Instagrammed anything that went into my mouth and had calories. And I know that has calories. <laughs> and what I was going to say there is, it just didn't come up, okay? I'm, I'm a lazy person. <laughs> Don't start a relationship with me. <laughs> you know, I eat several times a day like a human being. And showing it to everyone did make me really aware of how I feel about what exactly I eat. And at times, it made me feel ashamed of it. Um, There was a day that I ate four packets of hula hoops. And I thought, well, should I photograph all of those and put them on the internet? But I did. And no one, like, said anything. In fact, the main thing that people said about the Instagram was, like... Oh, yeah, that's nice. I'd quite like to eat that. That looks nice. I would like to eat that thing that you're eating. Or alternatively, what the fuck is that a photograph of? (laughs) But no one said, oh, my God, you're so fat. Though You ate those whole tube of Pringles. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. No one really said that at all. People just like, oh, yeah, food. (laughs) Because surprisingly, that is what I eat. I just eat normal food. And I don't even know if I eat more food than other people. I don't know. I mean, because no other people that I know make a fucking Instagram of all their food, because it's really fucking annoying. But that's... That's why I eat. I made this Instagram of everything that I ate. And it was fine. And I didn't die of shame. And no one was really that mean to me about it. And a lot of fat people said to me, this is really nice to see. It's really quite comforting to see that you just eat normal food because I just eat normal food and I sort of feel like maybe fat people are secretly eating some kind of weird like fat product that makes them so fat, but I'm not. I'm just eating like whatever that is, some ice cream. Yeah, so I did it and you know, I didn't have to photograph any semen, so that was great. Because, it would be, because you'd have to like spit it out in order to photograph it. And then because you'd photographed it, you'd then have to consume it. And I think that would be the point in the experiment where documenting the thing you were doing would really affect what you were actually doing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's that's not... That's not not part of it. Why do I keep talking? That was never part... That's nothing to do with the show. Stop talking. Why do you keep bringing this up? God, Okay. so after I'd done it for about two months, I started it on the 1st of November, and on the 1st of January, I went on some diets. And I didn't want to, but I did it for the show. I basically did it for you. Um... I went on some diets because I wanted to kind of include in the show what the experience of being fat is like. And for a lot of fat people, that is going on diets. I don't think there are many fat people who've never tried to lose weight. And even though I am, as you know, fine with my fat body, I have dieted in the past. I do know what that process is like. So I decided to go on some diets. And the first diet I decided to go on was the Slim Fast Plan, um, which is... a milkshake meal substitute the slim fast plan was something that I wanted to do because it had a sort of special resonance for me Um, the slim fast plan 
means something to me that I'm going to share with you, which is very deep and personal, which is when I was growing up in my parents' house, there was this cupboard which contained diet food products and sweets and crisps. It was like a kind of self-perpetuating cupboard. It was like an ironic tribute to the diet industry in one cupboard. And the most amazing thing in that cupboard was a tin of SlimFast that contained Bombay mix. (laughs) And when I was writing this show, I went to my parents' house and I looked in the cupboard, still there, I looked in the cupboard and I couldn't find the, the SlimFast tin full of Bombay mix. And I was kind of disappointed, but I kind of also thought, oh, it's probably been sold to a museum of ironic objects. <laughs> and um, I, this what I went back. But then my sister came to see the show, and she went round to my parents' house, and she looked in the cupboard, and it's back. <laughs> but it now contains peanuts. <laughs> and, and my dad was there when she looked in the cupboard... And my dad said to her, well, what what are you doing in that cupboard? And she said, you know, she said about the show, and she said, like, in Matilda's show, she talks about this tin. And and then she said, Dad, it is a bit weird. And my dad said, they're just really good containers. So I did the SlimFast plan. Now, SlimFast is kind of interesting because it's simple. It's so simple. I mean, all you have to do is like buy the stuff and consume it. And I say that's simple. You know, I've had a lifetime of experience of doing both those things. But at the same time, it's as simple as like saying to yourself that you're not really allowed to eat food, which is nice because you're a fat person, you don't deserve it. So it's kind of simple like that. And um, it's also milkshakes. And milkshakes are kind of like a bit transgressive. You know, if you're on a diet, you wouldn't really drink a load of milkshakes. But this diet involves tell it you have to drink milkshakes. So it kind of feels like, because dieting shit, so you kind of feel like, wow, this is kind of exciting, crazy, because I'm drinking all these milkshakes. And so that's kind of, wow. And so you're kind of like, oh, God, this is going to be great because I'm going to drink milkshakes all day long. <laughs> and that's not so great for me. Um, I don't like milk. I don't like milk. I think milk's gross. Um, what happened was, when I, um, when I was breastfeeding, when I had a baby, I had a baby, I bet when I had a baby, let's make clear, um, I wasn't just doing it, I was just passers-by or anything. Um, I had a child and I was breastfeeding them in, in the normal way. Um, and I went on a visit to a dairy farm and I saw the cows being milked and I sort of had this child who I was feeding and it really grossed me out and I've been off milk ever since. And so SlimFast was a bit disgusting, I felt, for me. Um, but, you know, it kind of looks like that. It doesn't really mix up that well. And I know, I know you could have, I could have made it with, like, non-dairy milk, but I felt like if I started, like, modding SlimFast in something I found more acceptable, I might just throw it all away and eat a last sandwich. So sometimes when I have a dog, and um, when I'd, like, make the SlimFast and drink it, my dog would, like, come up, like, can I have some of whatever you're having, like dogs do? And normally I like nearly always share my food with my dog, so you know I love my dog. But with this, I was literally like, I don't, I don't want the dog to eat it, <laughs> um, which is not, I don't know, maybe not great. But I mean, I was fine. No, I felt, 
I felt fine. I didn't feel hungry. Whatever is in Slim Fast to stop you feeling hungry worked. Um, I felt a bit weird. I mean, considering, like, I started this on the 1st of January, so, like, up until that, I've been mainly eating, like, that, like, 17 times a day. I should say, I'm not... I don't have a problem with cheese. Just milk. And um, I, felt, I felt fine. I felt... The only thing I felt was kind of a bit ashamed, like... Doing Slim Fast made me feel ashamed. Even though I was just doing it for the show and I wasn't really trying to diet, there's something about the name Slim Fast that is really obnoxious and patronising. It's actually got an exclamation mark at the end of the brand name. The brand name is Slim hyphen fast exclamation mark. Like it's some kind of fucking emergency. Like hurry the fuck up, stop being fat, Jesus. And that I found that slightly upsetting and patronising. And when I was in shops, like buying it, I was sort of buying a lot of different Slim Fast products, I was kind of always feel the need to kind of like explain to the person in the shop that I was just doing this for a show and I was fine with my fat body and I wasn't really like trying to lose weight or anything or really trying to buy these obnoxiously titled products. And they would, you know, listen really patiently to all of this and then go, oh yeah, well, I, I admire your willpower. Which is not because it takes quite a lot of willpower to make a show like this. What, because I wanted to kind of really get the experience, I also did like their seven-day plan. Um, the seven-day plan is, is, is pretty intensive. They even tell you like what flavour of SlimFast to have on what day, which is a ridiculous level of control. Her name's Fiona, and she's designed this for, for you to help you lose weight. And you can, you know, if you, I mean, you can maybe really get into, like, Fiona telling you what flavour milkshake to drink at what time. I try. I mean, I'm really weird, and I, even I couldn't quite get behind that. Maybe if she looked a bit more stern. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was fine. It was fine for about, for about ten days. And then I started... <sighs> like, there's this thing, like, in SlimFast... You can have one meal a day. You can have one normal meal every day. And if you do the seven-day plan, there's recipes for the meal. And in the recipes, they will say things like use, like use flora buttery or use a gnaw stock cube. And I thought, that's really weird. Why are they specifying that? And then if you look into it, you can find out quite easily that Slimfast is owned by Unilever, who also own flora and gnaw. So it's almost like they're kind of going, well, you know, while you're here and desperate and sad, also buy some of our other horribly over-engineered food products. And if you don't, and you don't lose weight, which you won't because it's impossible, that's probably your own fault, isn't it? And I'm not saying that I went off the SlimFast plan because of that, because I didn't. I was fine with that. What I wasn't fine with was I just got hungry. It just happened. I, ten days of feeling fine. And then I was just at the station, the Victoria station at half past nine. And I was getting a train. And I'd had all my food that I was allowed for that day. And I just felt really, really hungry. And I didn't know what to do. Like, I don't know if other people can just not eat when they're hungry. I mean, I find it hard to, like, not eat when I'm not hungry. And I just, I just quit the diet. I didn't know what else to do. I just quit SimFast. I just went, well, the only thing I can do, the only thing I can do is stop doing SlimFast. So I did. So I failed at, at that. What I decided to do, 
as I'd failed at this diet, I thought I'd do another diet, I'd do a different diet. I thought I was probably going to fail at the next diet. So I thought I'd choose a diet that I was almost certainly going to do really badly at. And I did a diet called um, the lemonade diet. Has anyone ever heard of the lemonade diet? Some people have. Quite often no one has heard of it. I thought it was quite well known because it's like so obscene. But the lemonade diet is basically involves drinking only a drink made from lemon juice, organic maple syrup, and cayenne pepper. And nothing, nothing else. Nothing else at all. Um, it looks like this. I mean, it's not disgusting. It tastes a bit like ginger beer. It's like not horrible. And I was, after SlimFast, I was quite into it because it wasn't like, there was no milk in it. And it wasn't sort of made of horrible chemicals. But what it also wasn't is it, it really wasn't food. It really it was not food in any way. And what happened was that after like a day and a half, I just started crying because I couldn't have any lunch. And so I came off that diet. And I thought when I started doing this for the show, I thought like what I'd probably do is I'd do like a different diet every month. And it was still January. And I'd failed at two. <laughs> but because it was still January, it meant that Weight Watchers ready meals were only a pound each. So I went to Sainsbury's and I bought some Weight Watchers ready meals and they were really horrible. And I realised that I just, I just don't want to eat things that are horrible. I mean, I don't like my ready meals are fine. I eat like this kind of thing. That's from my Instagram. But I just... It was just... I just don't like deprivation. I just don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It's not why. It's not nice. I just think that if it just basically comes down in the end to like my greed versus my vanity, and my greed wins, and I don't see why that's morally wrong. And even though I was dieting for the show, I was dieting for the show. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was dieting for the show. I sort of also, it just seems kind of futile. Like, you don't really know whether it's going to work. Like, you're trying to do this thing. You're following these instructions, but you don't know whether they're going to work for you. And you're bored, and you're hungry, and you just think, well, what if I knew this diet would make me lose weight? If I knew it for sure. What if I knew for sure that there was a way of eating that would make me lose weight? Would I be able to stick to that? I'm the oldest of, of three sisters, Um, Here's my sisters. So we're like three sisters, like, you know, like in a fairy story, except not because we're fat middle-aged women. (laughs) But in fact, we're not. I'm fat and my youngest sister is fat. But my middle sister, my middle sister is is thin. She's thin. Um, But we have the same body type. This, This is me and my sister when we're about 17 and 18. And you can see we're like roughly the same kind of bodies with the same. We're the same. All the time growing up, we were like roughly the same size. But now, my sister is thin. Here's a picture of her being lifted up by a 12-year-old. I mean, you couldn't get a picture of me being lifted up by 12-year-olds. There aren't enough 12-year-olds. My sister is thin, and she has the same body type as me. And the thing is, if you're fat, there's this thing called the fantasy of being thin. And the fantasy of being thin is like what you think your life would be like if you were thin. How wonderful and amazing your life would be like if you were thin. Like, for example, for me, I think that if I was thin, I would probably never procrastinate at work, ever. And I would be able to have sex with anyone I wanted. And I would live forever. And possibly be able to fly. (laughs) But the thing about that is, I know it's not true, because 
there is a thin... My sister, we're really similar. We're really similar people. And we're both, like, we're both single parents with two children. We both like, have the same kind of lives, think the same kind of things. And she's thin. And she just has a normal kind of life. She, she can't fly. I mean, she can be lifted up by a child, but that's not technically the same. So what I did was phoned up my sister and I said, hey, what do you eat? And my sister said, mainly beetroot. And I said, look, fuck that because I'm not eating, that's disgusting. But, but beetroot aside, what do you eat? And she said, well, you know, I just I eat like lettuce and a pita bread, Diet Coke. I mean, my sister, my sister's like one of those people Kevin talked about who like, attend to their breathing rate all the time. My sister watches everything that she eats all the time. And I know that if I ate what my sister eats, I'd be thin. So I said to my sister, I'm going to eat everything you eat exactly the same. I'm going to eat exactly the same things that you eat and see what happens. And she said, well, how, how are you going to do that? And I said, every time you eat something, text me, and I'm going to eat the same thing. And she, like, hung up the phone. And I phoned her back. And I was like, no, really, really? We're really going to do this? And she was like, how long are we doing this for? And I was like, forever. (laughs) And she hung up the phone, and I phoned her back. And I said, five days? And she said, okay, I'll text you everything I eat for five days, and then will you please fuck off? Basically, what happened was, we both drank a lot of Diet Coke, I couldn't physically drink the amount of Diet Coke she drinks. I couldn't stop going to the fucking toilet with this amount of Diet Coke. It was unbelievable. It was like you'd have to, like, have some kind of machine injecting Diet Coke into you to drink the amount of Diet Coke that she drinks. But I tried. I, and in the end, we decided to just say, let's not say an amount of Diet Coke. Let's just say constantly drink Diet Coke all day. So she had some tea. I had some tea. She had an apple. I had an apple. She had two cups of coffee. I was still trying to drink the fucking Diet Coke. I, didn't, I couldn't get the coffee into my mouth. She had an egg sandwich. I had a cheese sandwich. I didn't have any eggs. She had some quavers. I had some crisps. She had a baked potato and some watercress. Uh, I had a baked potato and some cheese. And then I had two baby bells and a chicken korma. (laughs) Um, So I went, okay, that was a practice. That was just seeing the texting system is working. Um, let's, Let's try again. So this is day two. I am so proud of day two. Oh, my God. Like, she had Ribena. I had Ribena. I don't even fucking like Ribena. She had coffee. I had coffee. She had some ridiculous amount of Diet Coke. I had a slightly more sane amount of Diet Coke. She bought some low-calorie, sun-bite, sun-dried tomato flavors crisps. I bought the exact same crisps. She had a Mexican bean wrap. I had a Mexican bean wrap. It was horrible. I had a Mexican bean wrap. She She had a walnut whip. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Where the fuck do you get walnut whips from? I went to the co-op. I got some Maltesers. I thought that was the same thing. And when I told her, she went, they have, that has twice the calories of a walnut whip. <laughs> she had some pizza and some salad. I had some chicken and some salad, which I thought was actually better. And then I had a pita bread and some hummus to celebrate how well I'd done. Day two. I was so proud. I was like so up for it. Like, this is it. Day three. Let's go. Day three. She had fucking nothing. She didn't eat anything. She just, like, the like, I was, like, constantly on my phone, like, fucking, you fucking bitch, text me, you've eaten some food. And she had some toast, had some toast, an apple, an apple, coffee, coffee. She had some risotto, I had some chicken rice, and then I had, like, a load of other fucking food. Um, 
it was not really working um, this day four. Um, yeah, she didn't really, again, she just, like, I don't know whether she was fucking with me at this point. Um, but she ate nothing, and I just decided to eat a meal. Um, but that was it, like, that was it. Like, that, but that's what it would take for me to be thin. And I, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, I guess there's part of me that wishes that I could do that, even thinks I would be a better person if I, if I could, but I, I can't. I can't. I, I know what it would take, and I can't do it. Um, I just can't. I know why I'm fat. I can't, I can't do... I can't, I am not capable of doing what it would take for me to not be fat. And I've tried. I've, I've tried. But I just, I don't, I don't know how. Um, you know what I eat? Have you seen what I eat? I mean, that's, I just eat, I just eat food and this is what happens. This is just what I've, what I've got. This is just the body I got and that's that's all I can say really um, this is like the worst part I mean of me not the show um, so the thing is when you're fat sometimes you're kind of encouraged to like feel okay about some parts of your fat body and by that I mean your tits you're kind of like encouraged to feel happy about the fact that because you're fat, you like have slightly bigger tits than maybe you would have if that you were not fat. You might think this body is shit, but it's delivering these tits. So hey, it's like the, literally a booby prize, and it's it's weird, you know. But that kind of talk, like awesome curves, real women have curves, or that kind of thing. It's like about tits and maybe hips and arse. It's really weird that awesome curves thing. Um, a lot of people associate with them. Um, Dove, the, the soap Dove, who are also owned by um, Unilever, who own Slimfast. Also owned Ben & Jerry's. They bought Ben & Jerry's the same month they bought Slimfast. And um, they also own um, Lynx body spray, that kind of like deodorant for rapists. So it's, it's delicious. <laughs> when you're drinking the milkshake, you can maybe think about all those other things that they provide for you. Like, no matter what, whether you want to get fat or get thin or like think of women as a collection of holes, it's all there for you. Um, but... When they talk about tits and hips and curves, um, this is like, they don't talk about this curve, right? This one. Because I have like a belly, like a fat belly, like that hangs there and rolls. And no one ever like encourages me to feel that that's awesome. And it hurts. Um, And it's not surprising that it hurts like this is your this is where you feel your fear this is where you can this is where you're vulnerable it's not really surprising that people might feel like they want to cover this up with like control underwear and protect it because it's not not I I, all of this show I'm basically fine but the point where I encourage you to look at this part of my body is horrible I don't like doing this I don't like showing you this I don't like wearing this dress on stage that you can see the shape of my body in. 
if you're fat, this part of you is bigger. The part of you that hurts is bigger. And the part of you where you can be hurt is softer. And that's, that's what being fat is like. Um, I've always been fat. Like, I was a fat child, fat toddler. I'm not someone who was thin and then got fat. I'm not someone who lost weight in their 20s and then gained it again. I've just always been fat. And I call myself fat. And I know some people think that that shouldn't mean anything. It shouldn't feel bad. But it does. And every time I use the word fat about myself, it hurts me. Because it's not neutral for me. Because my relationship with my body is sad. And it's like, you know, we used to be, like, I think me and my body, like, we used to be okay. But now it's just like there's so much anger. It's like we can never really be okay. We can never be okay again. And I just... I'm not okay. I'm not okay about being fat. I'm not okay about my fat body. And I wish I was. But the reason that I wish I was is because I always thought that one day I'd be okay about being fat and that would make me thin. And I even thought... I even thought that if I made a show about how fat I was and went on diets for the show, I would lose weight. Because I'm not, I'm not okay. And I think that's what acceptance is for me. It's not accepting my body. It's accepting that I'm always going to be fat. And I'm always going to be ashamed of it. what we're going to do now <laughs> I've got some scales um, Dave would you mind just reading the scales for me if you just read into the mic what the scales say yeah right it's about nine sorry I'm really bad at reading <laughs> numbers so it's 18 stone nine 18 stone nine yeah yeah do you agree 18 st- so has anyone got 18 stone nine no have you got 18 stone nine person at the back who's waving your paper, no? Has anyone got 18 anything? Oh, quite a lot. Okay, so has anyone got 18 8? 18 10? 18 and a half? 18 7? So has anyone got nearer than 18 7? You, man at the back, you have won me? Um, Right, first thing is you need to get my projector back to Brighton. Uh, 18 stone 9 this is how fat I am thank you I just want to quickly say before Dave comes on um, 
this is my show. Um, obviously, it's like still a preview, but thank you for like bearing with the bits where I obviously didn't know what I was supposed to say next. I've got a hashtag for the show, which is how to be fat. And if you want to tweet about the show, if you use that hashtag, I'll definitely find you. So that's quite nice. I know a couple of people have said on Twitter that they're here, but I don't know what they look like. So please come and say hello to me. Um, that'd be great. Um, and can I just say thank you, um, obviously, like to Dave for doing this and Half for doing the sound and everyone who's there. Also, Aaron's here tonight and he did all my print and he's really, really talented. And can you just... Um, and, and can you all give like a really big round of applause to my sister who's here, who let me do that with her food? Um, and yeah, thank you. I love you. Thank you. Um, that's the end of my show. But thank you very much. Good night. Matilda Gregory, everybody. And yes, uh, my apologies for ruining the, uh, the weight bit. This show's been put on as part of like stand-up tragedies pre-Edinburgh season. If you don't know about stand-up tragedy, I'm going to tell you about it very quickly now. Uh, stand-up tragedy is a night where people stand up and do tragedy. We have comedians, spoken word artists, storytellers, musicians and more who do what they think tragedy means. So they'll, you laugh until you cry and you cry until you laugh. And what we try and do is make a safe space to talk about unsafe things, which is why tonight was really appropriate. I mean, I think uh, Matilda's show and my show are both about uh, unsafe things in hopefully a safe space, and you were a brilliant audience for that, and you, were, and you made the safe really space. So give, your, give yourself a round of applause for that. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. See you later. Like I said at the beginning of the show, look out on the 18th of February for Stand Up Tragedy Presents at the Dog Star in Brixton, where I'll be doing my show, What About the Men, Mansplaining Masculinity, and Jambi McGrath will be doing her show, A Last Dance with My Father. Both of those shows are very dark and tragic, which is appropriate because of our night. Uh, they're also about, you know, some real personal, real things. And so come and listen to our personal, real things and see what you think. Follow Stand Up Tragedy on Twitter at Stand Up For Tragedy. Like us or friend us on Facebook. Make friends with a tragedy. Check out our website www.standuptragedy.co.uk. We're fully intending to come back and do more shows in 2017. Maybe go to Edinburgh again. I don't know. That's in the future. But Stand Up Tragedy is not dead. We're just sleeping. So, for now, the tragedy is over.
This podcast has been produced by me with sound production from Stephen Harvey with music at the beginning from Sam Wilkinson and playing us out with The Tragedy Is Over, George Brufton and The Reactionaries.